Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast. And I shouldn't just say another episode, but rather another season, as today officially marks the beginning of a new age. Season nine of the Media Boat Podcast. Um, probably introduce ourselves as I always do. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Yes, thank you for joining us at the dawn of the ninth full year of this podcast. Can you believe it? Next year we will be doing this, and it will be ten years, a decade. Yeah, because that would be one, two. We started technically started twenty sixteen, so we have to go through all of twenty twenty five. Right. By the end of years. it, yes, we will get to the full 10 years. But that's yes. incredible. What a wild ride it has been. If you don't know what the Media Book Podcast is, we are a podcast that gives you all of the things about movies, television, video games, and music, but not necessarily in that order. Um, yeah, news, thoughts, uh, whatever's on our mind, uh, you get to hear it here first. Well, maybe not first, but at least in the top five of places that you are bound to hear something, <laughs> we're in there somewhere. Uh, probably not number one, but hey, maybe close. Who knows? Um, so yeah, hey, let's... maybe we'll you'll hear something from us that you didn't have a take on before. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but we'll see uh, as we go into it and we dive right in into the music section. And we start the music section with the Billboard and start the Billboard with the Hot 100. And since last week was Christmas, mm-hmm. it's still Christmas time in the yeah. Billboard with number one, rocking around the Christmas tree. By Brenda Lee, yeah. knocking off and bumping down to number two, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Yep. Uh, coming in at three is Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. At four, Last Christmas, which was last week by <laughs> Wham. And rounding out your top five, Holly Jolly Christmas by the Snowman Burl Eyes. Yeah, uh, nothing really changed in the bottom three this week. The top two swapped. Uh, but it's interesting to see Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree return to number one. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure what the logic here is. Maybe it's just how the streaming uh, networks do their Christmas playlists is somehow finagling these two to fight each other every week. I don't know. I mean, I would think so, because like if, every time you restart a playlist... <laughs> Rock around the Christmas tree is always the, the second song, song oh, no matter the what Christmas song. song. Hey. Yeah, because you're gonna pick whatever song you want, and it's always the second one behind it instead of "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Well, maybe so it counts as a play. Who knows what's going on there? But there you go. It's the deep state of Brenda Lee's estate. <laughs> <laughs> the deep estate, if you will. Yes. Uh, as for your albums chart, your Billboard two hundred. By the way, Brenda Lee is still alive. Yes, and so is her as a state. Fair enough. You can still be alive and have an estate. You don't have to be dead to have an estate for you. Well, we're learning so much about the law this week. We'll, we'll get to that oh, later. We'll get into the law a bit later. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, after Billboard 200, your albums chart, it's not really Christmas because at number one, 1989, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift. Although she was born in December, so I guess that does make it Christmassy. And she grew up on a Christmas tree farm. So there's that. She's going to leave the lights up till January. Which is not that late, actually, Taylor. Like, that's like a week. Like, yeah, next week. <laughs> uh, at two is Christmas by Michael Buble. Coming in at three, Pink Friday 2 by Nicki Minaj. Uh, coming in at four, The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. The, the and, album. Yes, the, the album. Song, to be clear. Yes. And, and it's yes, that Nat King Cole. Yes. To be clear. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to think of some, one other thing to do because I don't really don't want to say this next one. Well, you gotta, unfortunately. It's something we have and to do. And number five, One Thing at a Time by Morgan mm-hmm. Wallen. But hey, if you don't like any of those albums or if you want to get out of the Christmas spirit, you're going to have to wait another week. <laughs> new releases. No new releases. Uh, real quick, though, uh, just, to, just to mention it. That's the fifth number one week for 1989 Taylor Swift, uh, uh, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift. So in case you were wondering. Where it tracks on the um, 
number one albums for Taylor Swift. Yes, it's it's the fifth week at number one. So, uh, non consecutive though, right? Non consecutive, correct. Yep. Well, let's get to some music news, and as we enter into twenty twenty four, it's only been two days of news, and nothing good is happening yet. <laughs> basically, so, basically. So let's take a look into our little crystal ball here. Which, if you didn't hear us look into our crystal ball during our end of the year wrap up show. One, you should listen to that after we wrap up this show. Mm-hmm. But two, we also took a look at what's coming in the new year. And surprising no one, or surprising <laughs> some, a big artist is going to set to make their return. Yeah. Ariana Grande. So we mentioned on that wrap-up shot uh, uh, podcast that it was possible that she was going to do mu- uh, release new music this, this year. Now, since that show has aired, she has confirmed this. Well, yes, she will be making her, indeed, her making her grand return in 2024 with a new album. Uh, the star confirmed uh, Wednesday morning with a series of social media posts, including, quote, see you next year. Uh, Grande wrote in the caption to a carousel of Instagram photos and videos. She also tagged her producer, Ilya Salmanze, Republic Records, and numerous others. Grande shared a variety of in-studio memories that vary in tone, including a video of her mother dancing, a screenshot of a FaceTime call where she's dancing, (laughs) um, a photo of a warehouse where she could be dancing, and then another photo uh, that shows her crying from dancing too much. (laughs) Quote, the two moods of the album, uh, she wrote in her Instagram story, of crying and dancing. Crying and dancing. What more could you ask for a pop record, honestly? Like, those two things are usually a recipe for a success. You can look at Dua Lipa and Adele, you know, Mm -hmm. like two opposite ends of that spectrum. But you come in the middle, and maybe that's what this Ariana Grande record is. Who knows? Yeah, but aren't we also expecting a Dua Lipa album this year, coming off it's, of the Barbie uh, single? It is likely, uh, but how much crying she does on her record is up in the air. We'll see. No, that's a lot more dancing and a lot more glittery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to whatever Ariana does next. Uh, there's some really good songs in her catalog. Um, it'll be a big release. Yeah, I know everyone in your household is <laughs> really looking forward to Ariana yes. Grande. Yes, happened to be at least uh, one fan in the in the in the in the uh, the home here in the vicinity. <laughs> yes. All right. Did you listen to anything that wasn't Christmas music? No, not really. Um, just yeah, just uh, waiting, uh, just patiently waiting for the next big thing. See, I figured you'd have at least one like New Year's drop <laughs> or something. <laughs> no, nah, no, nothing this year. All right, then let's go into video games. Where we got. No releases yet again for the what, yet again third straight week of no new games being released. Yep. I looked at the calendar. Uh, next week, we should have at least one. So there's something. All right. There's something. Um, because we do record these on Tuesday, the PlayStation Plus Essentials, your free games dropped on the second. So go get those three free games or don't, you know. They seem kind of middling. <laughs> uh, but as we look into our crystal ball of 2024, mm-hmm. we get to see a particular game that may or may not actually have been on the release calendar prior. <laughs> yes. But here we have Ubisoft confirming Star Wars Outlaws will be released late 2024. This, is, of course, is according to a Disney Parks blog post, which quietly listed the release window of the Ubisoft Massive title. Previously, the game was only confirmed to be released sometime in the year of 2024. Um, this, of course, Star Wars Outlaws, is the open-world Star Wars mm-hmm. game, which is set to release late this year, end quote, as the post reads. This is especially notable because there was some reporting at the end of last year uh, where it got that was read to be like said to be delayed. 
that some people mm -hmm. said that that was going wasn't going to miss or it's going to miss its original release date in 2024. Well, it turns out it missed a March 2024 release date. So that's what they're talking about here. So it just moves to the end of the year calendar wise, as opposed to the end of first quarter. That's all that's really happening here. They just aren't wrapping it up, I guess, fa as fast as they were hoping to. Right, but also don't be confused that this is the <laughs> Ubisoft Star Wars Outlaws confused mm -hmm. with, I think it's EA's. Nope. No, this is Outlaws. Yes. Yeah. I say don't be confused when you see a Star Wars Outlaws, but then yeah. also see Star Wars Hunters. Right. Which I think two is the EA things. game. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Those would be two it different is, games. It is confusing. With relatively the same vein of Hunters and Outlaws. <laughs> Hunter two and Outlaws are two very different people. Hunters, you know, they follow a certain protocol. They go to specific places to do their hunting. They're, they're you know, there's rules about Hunters. Outlaws, yeah. their whole thing is that they don't follow rules. That's why they're out of the law. They're outlaws. Yeah, they don't got no stinking badges. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. You get it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this looks to be promising. But in the end, yeah. it is Ubisoft, so I am also expecting a shit ton of fetch quests. Yeah, there's a lot of items, a lot of things on your map. Yeah, I kind of wish this was a summer game, so I could just use it <laughs> as a summer game and just, okay, I need an hour to just do, 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 do knock things off my checklist here. Get that well, dopamine hit. Maybe summer 2025. Then. When it comes to, like, PS Plus free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Solved. Or are you scared of Game Pass? It's part of the Ubisoft collection. Right. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, well, that went by quick. Did you play anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, that's not true. Uh, one real brief thing to talk about. Um, it's not a really a new release, um, but I, I might as well mention it here. Uh, Fashion Dreamer got an update. Uh, with some new, um, like, late uh, December. It was supposed to launch in the early December. It launched broken. They withheld it right after a day where it was running for, like, three hours and was broken completely. They pulled it, then put it back up properly, and now it's working fine. It's just a series of challenges, really. But it's the same game, so that's really, there's, that's all that there's to say. All right, so it's the same game, but it's working fine now. <laughs> Yeah, they haven't added too much, though. You know, they still they're still open to you know update it in more significant ways later. So crossing my fingers that they do. Is it still uh, on your list now... though, with it being broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somehow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, still kind of waiting for for new stuff to come out at this point. Yeah, nothing new. So playing some catch up here. Mm -hmm. Um, being a catch up, I did end up playing um some. Oh, no, I talked about it. I went back and did some more um, power washing simulator. Right. Yes. Yeah. Very so, relaxful, like you said. So yeah. it's like, oh, I need something to just like take my <laughs> mind off of a stressful very day. Very relaxful, as you just said. Yes. As I try and like get <laughs> everything out of it. <laughs> uh, have you tried messing around with any, any of the like free DLC? There's like, you can download a location from Final Fantasy Seven. You can do all sorts of weird stuff. I don't think those are free for PlayStation. Those are not free. I believe they're free for PC. I, I looked at some of it, uh, like that uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. And that was a paid DLC. Oh, so uh, maybe they are paid then. Oh, well. But there is plenty like, of to oh, do. Plenty to do. Yeah, but also, like, ooh, they know exactly what I need to pay for that DLC. <laughs> <laughs> they got your number. Yes. Yeah. Turns out it's 88. <laughs> anyway uh, if that does it for video games let's go over to the television section yes and we always start the television section with the sports corner and what a week in sports it is uh we start uh with some general sports oh yes by the way going forward we're going to divide this into categories thankfully uh before we kind of just scatter shot the news for you in the sports section uh we're going to do it more tightly this time. Uh, so so bear with us as we reconstruct our sports corner, as you point at it behind you. Uh, so first, with some general sports news, uh, Olympic coverage will, of course, be this summer for the summer uh, Paris Olympics. Um, those will be on, you know, the universal suite of platforms, including yes. NBC, Bravo, Peacock, etc., 
Well, it was just announced today, I believe, that Snoop Dogg, none other than Long Beach's finest, uh, will be helping cover the Olympics in 2024. Why? So during the 2021 Tokyo <laughs> Games, uh, Snoop Dogg on Peacock did the uh, weekly, is it nightly? No, weekly recaps of oh. just him like riffing on what happened over the course of different events. Not actually covering them, covering them as they happen, sure. but just giving his own color commentary of the games as they occurred. Okay. Well, Peacock liked it so much, <laughs> and apparently generated so much views that he will be doing his own coverage during the games, <laughs> separate from him riffing on the the games itself, like so actual, like live coverage. Yeah, presented by Snoop Dogg exclusively on peacock so peacock is basically doing the the manning cast yes the, the dogging cast yes <laughs> for, for, for the olympics got it yeah that hmm, okay i guess it's 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 a it's a choice i'll, I'll give him that it's a choice yes but you know you can also expect like i want to say kevin hart to show up and get riff <laughs> with snoop dog great yeah Ooh, mm -hmm. that is something that i did kind of watch this Week, Kevin Hart. Uh, it was Kevin. I won't put it down here. Kevin Hart <laughs> and Keenan Thompson. Speaking of Peacock, are yes. all what uh, did a thing off Peacock where they recapped the, the news of the year. Oh, okay. For twenty twenty three, yeah, um, you know, like part something. of the uh, end of the year stuff that networks typically put on. So yeah, yeah, that's also something a, that exists. Yeah, it also <laughs> exists because I only got about halfway through it before I realized, uh, what am I doing here? And they yeah. tried to do like a, a bit where they brought out a aging athlete. Okay. But uh, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. It, it's, it, it was like a, a poor <laughs> man toe of a poorly aged joke for his name. And it was clearly like a riff of like athletes not retiring and not knowing when to retire. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm done here. I'm checking out. Bye. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I don't even know if I would have lasted that long. It's, I mean, better than our uh, New Year New Year's Eve experience. Uh, we didn't get like I, I had to finagle my um, my antenna uh, to get Channel Seven up here, and I kind of like pushed it you back. Old man. Look, I am in a financial position right now where I'm not paying for television. Anyways, um, and I had to like I, I, I angle it a certain way for so then one of the antenna the antenna pieces is literally hitting my wall, and then I finally got it. Literally ten minutes till I finally got it to. <laughs> hey, that's at least better than my neighborhood because at four minutes till, some jackass, <laughs> not like knowing what the hell they're doing, set off a firework and it hit a transformer. Blacking out in five blocks. Oh my god! This at is four why, minutes to midnight. This is why you're not supposed to shoot up <laughs> fireworks. This is literally why. <laughs> oh, people, sorry, we're getting way off track. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, sports. Uh, so yeah, Snoop Dogg Olympics. Catch it. Let's move on. Uh, to the NFL football remains uh being played. I guess I don't know where I was going with that. The Detroit Lions have uh defeated expectations and won their division for the first time in 30 years and everybody outside of detroit cheered <laughs> yes oh, sorry everybody outside of green bay chicago <laughs> and um yes. what's the other one green bay chicago oh minnesota yeah cheer um cheered but uh like we mentioned on the wrap-up uh uh special we just did um at least Detroit has something to smile about it's because it sure ain't the Pistons. So no, it's not. <laughs> so there you go. So the Lions, congratulations to the Lions. Elsewhere yep. in the AFC South, there is a current three-way tie at nine and seven. So a uh, clinch has yet to happen in that division. The final season finale is this week. We will yes. declare a AFC South champion. What if they all win? Um, they can't, but... <laughs> <laughs> the only way that's happening is if they all tie. Oh, I see. But two of the teams are playing each other. So if they tie, they would okay, need a it. 
third team playing a different team to then also tie. Jeez. Well, fingers crossed that we just solve it and then move on with our lives. Yeah. I mean, fingers crossed here that the Colts find a way to win this weekend <laughs> uh, playing Saturday against the Texans, and they just take the crown. So, I mean, we'll find out, I guess. In the meantime, if you thought that was sad, nothing sadder than the NFC South, whose division winner has fewer than 10 wins for the season. So while the AFC South, with everyone tied at 9-7, mm-hmm. assuming someone wins and no one ties, <laughs> yes. will end up with a 10-win team. Right. Um, all league, all divisions will end up with, at minimum, a 10-win team, except <laughs> the NFC South, where there's currently a tie for first at 8-8. Eight and eight. And nice. this is actually part of why there's now a Week 17. Is so, you don't end up with a Week uh, uh, an 8-8 eight and eight bullshit season. Someone <laughs> has to win. Someone has to be over 500. You'd think. <laughs> You'd hope, certainly, if they're going to go into the playoffs. And then lastly, one team has their mind beyond the playoffs, and that is the Chicago Bears, as they have secured their number one draft pick after Panther uh, after a Panthers loss. So there you go. Number one draft pick again. Do they go for a quarterback again? That is actually the big question this upcoming yeah. offseason because there are a couple quarterbacks, including both of the past two Heisman Trophy winners um, in Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels uh, from USC and LSU, respectively, going already declared for the draft this year. But if they decide to stick with Justin Fields as a quarterback, there is the option that they will then go with the true number one pick and who should have won the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver Mm -hmm. of the Ohio State at number one. I mean, it's possible. uh, But what do you think that the Bears need more? I think the Bears need draft picks, so they're going to sell the number one pick (laughs) to the Indianapolis Colts for three future first-round number one picks. Ah. So that way, Marvin Harrison Jr. can go to the Indianapolis Colts and play for his dad's team. I mean, yes, that does make some sort of spiritual sense. But if we've learned anything about the NFL, like anything could possibly happen, and that's not guaranteed. So, well, right, because the Bears had number one pick last year, and they sold it to the Panthers, right, to get Bryce Young for this year's number one pick, and that worked and out so well. That worked. <laughs> I mean, it worked out well for the Bears because they got the number one pick here. <laughs> I guess it depends on your definition of working out well. Then. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, so that's the NFL, kind of a mess, but we're going into the playoffs, like you said, in just over a week, so we will see yep. soon how All that plays games out. will end on Sunday. There's no more Monday night football game, yep. um, so by this time next week, we will know who's in, who's out, who's playing where. Um, I right. believe the buys got wrapped up as well. Yeah, they did. So the um, Baltimore Ravens and the 49ers officially wrap up uh, number one seeds. They both get the buys. <laughs> okay. Nothing's going to, nothing happens this week is going to change that. Got it. Well, look forward to some football action. In the meantime, what? <laughs> what? What just uh, happened? Dalvin Cook cut by the Jets just now. Damn. Um, Meaning he could. Join with a playoff team and make a playoff run. <laughs> He's going maybe. to the Eagles. <laughs> hey, maybe. Who knows? They're signing everybody. Can I just say that no, like nothing makes sense in the NFL? Anything could happen? Well, there you yeah. go. There's an example right there. Real time, folks. Breaking news. Let's move on, though, before anything else happens. We need to talk about basketball because, like I mentioned, the Detroit Pistons were lousy. For 28 straight games. And guess what, folks? That ties a record for the longest losing streak in the league. Uh, So, yeah, uh, they did eventually win, though. So they cut that off at 28. But, geez, 28 games. Yeah. uh, I mean, it's not like they were, like, getting blown out either. These were, like, 
112 to 118 games, yeah, 120 to 115 games. Like these were in them to the up to the final minute games, and they finally beat it with Toronto. But that just means they started a new streak because they lost the following game. <laughs> Let's go, baby! You get to hit 29. <laughs> so yeah, needless to say, not a great team this season. No, but at least they're keeping things interesting. Well, yes, you can say you're not a great team, but if you lose to the not a great team, doesn't that make you not a great team? <laughs> Toronto? Every, everything is relative, they say, so who knows? Um, let's move on to hockey, where, hey, the Kraken beat the Golden Knights 3 to nothing in the Winter Classic. That's yeah, something they, for the Kraken, who haven't had a spectacular season. Yeah, they played um, outdoors in Seattle Stadium, so, yeah. you know. They gotta use that all-star field for something. I guess so. Uh, but the strangest thing about this is that apparently uh, Seattle showed up as fishermen and Vegas showed up dressed as Elvis. Yes, so part of the Winter Classic is that the uh-huh. teams and the players get together and they dress up in uni- in quote-unquote uniforms ah. to the game. Costumes. Usually, yes, costumes, uniforms. <laughs> something that represents the city. Yeah. Or the team or the name. So. Seattle dressed up like fishermen mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Kraken in the sea and fishermen with yeah. all like the war- like the orange like crab catching suits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there were 23 Elvises that just walked off the bus one after the other. <laughs> okay, here's my question. Were they Austin Butler Elvises or Jacob Elordi Elvises? These are two different kinds of Elvis. They, these were Las Vegas white rhinestones everywhere Elvis. Alright. Elvis impersonator Elvis. Yes. Caked and all. And how they were able to find 28 matching Elvis costumes in Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) That's the place to find them. I feel like anywhere else, maybe outside of Graceland, that's the place to go. Yeah, but also like I assume like an Elvis outfit would be like highly priced in Vegas too. You don't find like a knockoff in Elvis warehouse. <laughs> it's down the street. I know where it is. Anyway. Yeah, but they're all the same. They weren't like the different colors. They were all white Elvis. I mean, hey, you gotta you gotta have everybody look the same. There's gotta be somebody making those those costumes efficiently. Well, at least Golden Knight took uh the their uh heart to rule. Um the rule to heart. The rule uh, to heart. <laughs> yeah, the rule to heart is look good, play bad. <laughs> <laughs> Guess so. Yeah, I blame the Elvis outfits for that score, I think. Let's move on. Uh, so, meanwhile, in college football, man, what a week for college football. Bowl yes, games in are happening. the sport that actually mattered this week. Right, because nobody could stop talking about the Pop-Tart Bowl, specifically the Pop-Tart, the, the mascot. edible mascot, the first and I believe only edible mascot um, to grace the bowl screens. Um and wow, what a moment when it came out of the toaster and said it was an edible mascot and then cavorting around um, the, the the field throughout the game, talking about how he was going to sacrifice himself at the end of the game. And sure enough, at the end of the game, he dutifully sinks down in that toaster. He gets cooked and he flies out and the winning team eats him. They ate him, folks. He they got eaten. Scooped him up shoved him in his mouth in their mouths they ate this 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 pop tart we witnessed a sacrifice now can you tell me who won the pop tart bowl not a clue no <laughs> and that is the beauty of the bowl game and the bowl mascot you don't care who wins you don't even no. know who wins but... it's a spectacle and therefore yeah. the mascots really Exactly. The only mascot uh, to grace our screens this week, the less exciting Cheese It uh, Citrus Bowl, also had a Cheese It mascot. But he had to say specifically that he was not an edible mascot, just so we would know that he would not be dying at the end of a uh, at the end of the game. Yes, but he did have the uh, really great Cheese It belt to give away, mm. and the Cheese It necklace too. <laughs> oh yes, I could always use a few Cheese It branded accessories in my life. If that's all I want. And I've decided, yes. by the way, I've, I just want to put this out into the air so maybe someone will catch this and and uh, act accordingly. I would love to be a mascot. I feel like in my bones, I feel like it's something that I would be really good at. 
and I would really enjoy. Someone out there, if you want, need a mascot for something, let me be your mascot. I want to be in a big costume. I want to cavort around the field. Please, someone let me do this. So in a life before I met you, I actually tried out to be our school mascot. Wow, okay. Um, turns out I was not flexible enough as some of the other people who uh, also wanted to be the mascot. Got it, okay. All right, so high expectations for, for them. No, no, high flexibility. <laughs> I had all the expectations of wanting to do it. Uh, I just uh, uh. Um, not that flexible. <laughs> Good to know. Well, I don't know if I pass every part of the test, I guess. But uh, regardless, if somebody hears this, I, I volunteer. I'll do it. I want to be a Pop-Tart. <laughs> you want to be, be a Pop-Tart? I want to be a Pop-Tart. That'd be so much fun. Anyway. Uh, meanwhile, actual football uh, did happen, uh, besides the mascot entertainment. All right. Explain what you're doing with these nicknames here. Okay. So the college <laughs> football playoffs happened. And it's a battle of the states as mm. number one undefeated University of Michigan, Michigan Ganders <laughs> take on the undefeated number two ranked University of Washington, Washingtonians in the college football playoffs national championships. Are those the actual names for those teams? No, that okay. is not. It is actually the Wolverines. Wolverines versus the Huskies. Got it. That makes a lot more sense. Uh, yes, but what doesn't make sense is the goddamn play calling at the end of those games. I've heard about this. I've heard some some issues where some people were crying, cheating. Some people were complaining. What's going? Oh. What's, what's going on? No, no. So you're thinking of the Detroit game where they were crying, cheating, and fouls. Mm. No, that was the Detroit Lions game where they, professional play, they got treated. Okay. Yeah, fresh, no. Here, people don't um, use pronouns on Twitter. I'm sorry. Anyways, yeah. go on. Here, Alabama and Nick Saban on fourth down uh, overtime, you have one play to get 10 yards to the goal line. Okay. And the best play you can run, come up with, the thing that's going to like always work and get you in the end zone. Yes. Empty set, five wide, QB draw. Uh huh. After. You've been sacked by the same guy two <laughs> plays in a row. You think you're going to overrun that guy? No. What so are you thinking? He immediately sacked that guy? Oh, yeah. He immediately sacked the quarterback and yeah. Michigan won because, yeah. you know, he Why? owned them the entire game. Yeah. Why would you run that play? I don't know why you'd run that play. Why not round, like, Right. scramble to the far side of the field uh -huh. have all this open room run some drags run one uh flare to the backside have yourself options not just a draw play <laughs> so stupid Satan. come on i thought you're better than this guess not and then there was the washington game <laughs> which also came down to the last play after washington had the ball with a minute and eight left could have taken a knee to end the game because there's only two timeouts left. They couldn't stop them. And they didn't take a knee. They said ran the ball. One of their players got injured, thus forcing a timeout, thus forcing them to get a third timeout to punt the ball. Mm -hmm. And then Mr. NIL himself, Quinn Ewers, comes out and goes 80 yards <laughs> to, again, be at, first, at, at the 12-yard line, 12 yards and goal. And four tries to get in the end zone. Jeez. But I will give him some credit, though. He did try to pull off Patrick Mahomes' favorite play at the end there. Uh -huh. A pass interference call. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everybody loves that one. Yes. Did not get it, though, because it wasn't pass <laughs> interference, but he damn darn well tried to get that. Tried. That's all you can do. Yep. But yeah. Uh, we will see who will be crowned victorious, <laughs> and one of these undefeated teams will no longer be undefeated, and the other one will etch their name into college playoff championship glory. Yeah. But no matter what happens, the Pac-12 will still dissolve after this. <laughs> yes. No matter what, next next season is a shit show. So strap in, folks. It's gonna be fun. Which is why I'm. All in on Washington winning, so it can be <laughs> Washington, Pac-12, 
Right. And then nothing, nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, they'll go in winning and become immediately this small fish in a giant pond. So there you go. There's that. You mean you mean the small dog in the big park? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're already a big dog in the in their own park. Yeah, that's the thing, though. You go into a more competitive place. That's what you get. Yeah, anyway. They, they, hey, you gotta compete. You gotta compete. You gotta compete. That's what they say. You can't yeah. want it for them. Nope. <laughs> All right. You gotta want it. <laughs> Let's move on. Anything else in sports before we move on? Uh, nope. Nope. All right. Then that's year. fine. It's 2024. Which means me. we have more sports to watch. More sports, but we also have more television to watch in general, as our story this week is what to look forward to in the 2023 watch list. Wait a minute, not what to look forward to, a recap, actually, of the 2023 watch list. I need to change my Chiron. I misunderstood your headline. Yes. <laughs> there we go. This is what we all ended up watching this ah, past year. Got it. So... Let's take a look at the year that was in television. I thought we already did this, but let's do it again. The NFL dominated primetime telecasts in 2023 by taking 33 of the top 40 slots with the Super Bowl itself totaling 114 million viewers. Wow. I mean, no surprises here. Professional yes. football is always the most watched thing on television every year. This year was not any different. Yeah, but it's actually gone up over the past couple of years, uh, with ninety-one million being in twenty twenty-one, and then a hundred, then a hundred and three, and then now one hundred fourteen. Got it. Um, besides football, the highest non-sport shows were the Oscars at number fifteen, and the post-Super Bowl show Next Level Chef, which was at number twenty-two. Congratulations, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, well, obviously, uh, uh, also traditionally, whatever follows the football gets pretty high rating. So this is yes. not super surprising. Uh, NCIS led all serialized shows with twelve episodes making the top one hundred list, followed by Blue Bloods with five, proving that the CBS uh, procedurals still bring in viewers after all these years. Yep, this is why they keep running the most watched network ads. Yes. It still are. That's like this. Yes. Among all outlets, CBS led the pack with 39 entries in that top 100, up from only 29 last year. So 10 whole more uh, entries in that list. Next was NBC with 24 versus 26 last year. Then ABC with 15, Prime Video with 11, Fox with 7, ESPN with 2, and one each for TNT, which were, were the NBA Eastern Conference Finals. And one for Paramount, the now uh, one of the most popular shows on television, Yellowstone. Yeah, last year there's a lot more episodes of Yellowstone added to this list, but because there was only one episode of Yellowstone this year, <laughs> it was a big deal. It was a big deal, and that's why it made the list. Fair enough. Um, yep. It is of note that this upcoming year, CBS will get the Super Bowl. CBS mm. will get the post Super Bowl show. So. That's true. Expect this. Expect them to get um forty plus entries this uh, this upcoming year, if not more. If not more to come. So there you go. Let's move on. We watched a couple of things on television this week. Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to start with the Marvel one? Why not? I'll start with the Marvel one because this is season two. Yes. Of what if they're um extraordinary superhero show of what if this happened? What if that nice. happened? Kind of the multiverse show that they like to put together. Yeah. Well, it happened. It ended. It didn't quite have a full tie-in like all like the first season did where one person from each episode was brought in to form the Guardians of the Multiverse. This mm -hmm. is more of a kind of one-off like episodes here, episode there. Um, but Still some really great animation, still some really great storytelling, and at the very, very end of it, that last little teaser scene says, hey, we may actually bring them into the actual MCU. You thought this was just a cartoon what-if show? Well, no, we're going to make this thing real if we have to pull and pry and get you to like this. <laughs> 
I mean, we'll see. I mean, anything can happen in the MCU at this point. I feel like it's gone completely off the rails. Well, yeah, that's part of what happens when you do a multiverse <laughs> kind of yes. uh, storytelling. It's like, Not literally, even kind anything can happen. of. Not even kind of. They straight up did do a multiverse in the films now. So anything, Yeah. now it's just wide, doors swung open. They can just do whatever they want. Yeah, but they also kind of left it to where, well, your Captain Carter character could join because they are looking at this, or they could just be watching, just be the watchers and be like, hey, Watch this story unfold. We, you may or may not actually like get in here and join it. We, we'll let someone else figure out that box. We just want to tease it if that can or cannot happen. <laughs> well, Yeah, but yeah, the what if series uh, now season two. They did confirm a season three with a little bit of a teaser saying what could happen. Um, so they're probably going to continue doing what ifs as long as people like them. And it is kind of the one thing of this, um, like, phase four, phase five that they're in that people really like. So, yeah, I could see them continuing to do this. Is there a particular episode that was a highlight for season two? Yes. There was one that they did of Native Americans, um, specifically the Mohawk Okay. uh, tribe. All subtitled with actual language from... Um, from that time period. Also, when they had Spanish invaders, spoke Spanish of that time period. Non, like it was a very non-English centric episode, but at the same time, like very much painstakingly well done and like attention to detail, just off the charts on that episode. So, Cool. was not expecting it, especially since it follows a character that. was created for this show like we had no idea who this person was just Yeah. popped him out of thin air and like hey it worked really really well as an episode Cool. I mean, that's cool to see. Uh, it's cool that they have a place to put these original ideas instead of just iterating on existing characters forever. Like, it's cool uh, that this yeah mm is -hmm. a place that they can do that. Cool. yeah yeah um so now All right. that we've talked about marvel let's talk about another long-running franchise where They also plucked some characters into some other uh, non-sequitur uh, type of shenanigans. I mean, yeah, uh, that's ultimately what this kind of is. Uh, it's like, hey, do you like Pokemon? Uh, do you like relaxing vibes? Uh, hey, do I have a show for you? It's called Pokemon Concierge. So uh, did you finish all of this? Uh, no, I got two episodes in. Well, okay. You get the idea, though, by two, Yes. two episodes in. Yeah, you don't really need to see all of them to understand what this is. Um, Although I was disappointed that it is only four episodes. yeah, uh, I wonder about that. I mean, it is stop-motion animation, which, of course, notoriously takes a very long time. Mm So -hmm. I imagine if we are going to get more, it might be a little bit. But I do think eventually we will get more, because this thing has been a huge, has a huge reception. Like, it's critically beloved already, 100% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes as of this recording. Um, and it seems like people really like it. So, yeah, um... Basically what this thing is, in case people don't know, it's a Netflix stop-motion animation show set in the Pokemon world. But uh, we're not following trainers. We're just following a concierge who has been hired to work at the Pokemon Resort. That's literally all it's referred to. It doesn't say where in the Pokemon world it's located. Could be anywhere. Um, which I think is part of the appeal, is that this is kind of exists in this like alternate universe almost, where it's like, yeah, people just come here with their Pokemon to relax and kick back for a week. And even though she's ostensibly working, the main character, Haru, is encouraged to relax herself and kind of be one amongst the Pokemon and just help out the Pokemon with their issues. And when I say issues, maybe lower your expectations to how high the stakes are here, because they're extremely low. If you're expecting drama of any kind, uh, please leave that at the door, because this resort is all about vibes. This thing is just calm. This thing is just pretty vistas, pop co like colors that pop at you, cute Pokemon designs. Some are fuzzy. Some like some like have texture that you're not uh, you haven't seen before because again, stop motion animation. And yeah, you just got kind of just spend your time hanging out with the Pokemon and with Haru as she learns to chill out. And that's pretty much 
the whole thing. That's it. That's what Pokemon Concierge is. But the vibe works. And I had a lot of fun. And it did feel like kind of that vacation atmosphere where it just feels so short. And by the end of it, you want more. Just like a vacation. That's pretty much yeah, it. That, that first episode really sets it up, too. Yeah. Because it does center on, like you said, Haru, who brings in like all this anxiety, all this worry, all this like... What's going to happen? What's it going to be? What's it going to be like? Kind of like how you, a viewer, would be like, what is this thing? It looks new. It looks different. What is this thing? And immediately it tries to push all those worries aside. Like, mm -hmm. it's a vacation spot. Right. It's supposed to be relaxful. Do not stress <laughs> while watching this. It is the second time you've made up this word, relaxful. It is relaxful. <laughs> I'm trying to be more relaxful. It's my 2024 <laughs> word. Relax. Relaxing. No, relaxing is what you do. Relaxful is how you feel. <laughs> I am full of relax. Yes. Anyway. Uh yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really had a good time uh with it. I have a little thoughts piece up on the website on mediabookpodcast.com uh today that if you anybody wants to see some expanded thoughts about it. I'm just really excited for them to continue doing things within the Pokemon world that aren't about just about trainers and battling. We already saw a little bit of that with the Detective Pikachu film, and this kind of follows in that footsteps. Like, let's explore other corners of the Pokemon world that we haven't explored before. Like, and what if there were just a was just a place you just hung out with Pokemon, and that's essentially what this is. So, I, yeah, I'm hoping that they do more of these because it's cute. However, maybe do it during the summer next time. It is kind of <laughs> weird to have this in the dead of December and now January uh, via thing that you can watch because it is summer vibes top to bottom. Yes. Also put it uh, when you can like watch the whole thing and review it within the calendar year to add it to some <laughs> end of the year lists. Honestly, I don't know if it would have made mine. I really liked it, but I don't know if it's that kind of show for me. Well, I think because for episodes, it might be too short to, to consider. It's a miniseries, but I still think it qualifies for our TV list because it's still not a movie. Okay. So for, for us, it's fine. But yeah, it, it gets into that territory where it's like, yeah, it's almost too short to really like say, oh, this is one of the best things of the year. It's really not. It's a vibe, though, and I do recommend it. And it is really pretty to look at. And if you like Pokemon, well, hell, what are you waiting for? Uh, and very family friendly, too. Uh, kids will like this. Adults will like this. It's It's for everybody. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we were watching uh, Yule Log, as I said. <laughs> we were talking about it off pod. Uh, and then after it, it showed that commercial, like the teaser for it. Yeah. And my doctor was like, wait, what's this? Yeah. Am I so captivated by this? We must watch this. I want to, I want more of this. Did she like it? Yes. Yeah. Very like I said, very vibes. If you're looking for a similar kind of vibes, the Pokemon channel on YouTube now is starting to have a lot of other shorts that are around the same kind of the kind of uh, low stakes kind of entertainment. There's a series that's up, uh, at least on the Japanese channel, that's just you're hanging out with this guy who is cooking food for his Pokemon and you get to watch him literally show you a recipe while animated Pokemon are around him. It's very cute. There's another one that's just a little short where you get to see a Cubone hang out with a Snorlax as the seasons pass and they become best friends. So if you like that kind of Pokemon stuff, if you just want to put some Pokemon stuff to relax and just chill out to, there's a lot of that on their YouTube channel as well. And that's essentially what Pokemon Concierges do. So yeah, there's a lot of that now. Man, if I had gone back in time and told nine-year-old me that there's going to be so many different kinds of Pokemon things to watch and enjoy would have blown, would have blew my mind. Nah, I know what you would really told your nine-year-old self. <laughs> Lock up those Charizard cards. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't sell them in a, um, don't sell off your priceless cards um, in a garage sale in 20, in 2014. Don't do that. Is what I would have told myself. Cause I definitely did that. It was a bad call. Anyway. Not speaking from experience, but yeah, very much from experience. <laughs> yes, very much from experience. All right, so that's Pokemon Concy Urge. Urge. Let's move on. Um, to cancellations and renewals. Yeah, cancellations and renewals is the next part. We only have one to talk about, one renewal. Slow 
Horses is coming back for a fifth season on Apple TV+. That is way ahead of its upcoming fourth season. So uh, if we get fourth season this year, fifth season next year, already confirmed. More of those slow-ass horses. Let's move on to the movie section, where we always start with the box office numbers. And your number one movie at the box office again is Wonka, with $22 million, adding to its $133 million total. It's doing okay. Followed by Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom at $18 million. That's at 76 total. Number three, Migration, hanging in there with $17 million, only at 54 domestic. Number four, your Christmas debut, The Color Purple, only $11 million. But if you turn the clock back to the Christmas debut, it makes it's made 44 domestic so far. Number five, Anyone But You, with $8.7 million. That's at a total of $24 million at the moment. A little roundup of some other notable releases lower in the list are your number six, The Boys in the Boat, with an $8.4 million debut. Number seven, The Iron Claw, with a $5 million debut. And Ferrari, way, way down at number eight, with only $4 million. That is a slow horse. (laughs) (laughs) It is. That is an extremely slow horse. And you know what? Ferraris are used to going way faster than that. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's your box office. We need to like breathe some life into this box office. What will we do? Maybe we need two new releases. However, with releases like this, I don't imagine that we're going to see a big jump next week. Uh, No. No. We got two two more slow horses this week. We have Memory, which is... Uh, The Jessica Chastain film. Okay. And then... Um... Nothing to really say about that. And then Night uh, Swim, which is... The horror movie, which horror is... Horror movie. Don't go swimming in the middle of the night. Don't go play Marco Polo in your pool. Yeah. Uh, haunted Swimming Pool. Yeah, Night Swim. Haunted Swimming Pool. Uh, yeah. That's good advice, really. All right. With that, let's move on to movie news. And everybody knows the one thing that everybody's talking about this week is none other than... The public domain, because it is the beginning of 2024, which means works that are 95 years old, in this case, released in the year 1928, are now eligible for the public domain. Now, before we go into what is eligible, let's talk about the public domain for a minute, because I think a lot of people are getting confused about what this means and what it doesn't mean. First of all, copyright, trademark, two different things. Copyright means that you can't use it without getting sued by the company that owns it. That's why it's copyright. They have paid to register a copyright for the thing, a creative work, and they own it. Plain and simple. Boom. Done. You can parody it because that's within fair use. But beyond that, you can't replicate it. You can't make derivative works, et cetera, et cetera. Trademark is different. Trademark just is to create, like, uh, basically establish that that's this brand, identifying marks that established that that's brand uh, that that's that brand that prevent other people from using a name or an icon and pretending that they're affiliated with that brand. The reason why I make that distinction is because everybody is talking about a, a certain thing that enters public domain, which is the character of Mickey Mouse specifically from 1928. So this includes Mickey Mouse in the silent version of the Plain Crazy cartoon, and more famously, the Mickey Mouse in Steamboat Willie. Both were released in 1928, and despite Disney's... Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. Right, correct. Because they were both in that Steamboat Willie. Despite Disney's, you know, pushing, they finally do enter the public domain this year, specifically yesterday, the 1st. Uh, or, yeah, yesterday yeah, was the first. yesterday was the first. Well, so yeah, so basically, to, to tie in what I was talking about at the beginning, what this means for Mickey Mouse is, you can, theoretically, I'll get to the theoretically in, in a moment, you can use Mickey Mouse from Steamboat Willie in your own works now. As long as he looks like the Mickey Mouse from Steamboat Willie, you can then change his 
color of his clothes if you want. You can, like, add, like, accessories to him. You can make new stories about him. Say he, he's hanging out with Winnie the Pooh and uh, they're chilling. Or, uh, which is another public domain character now as of last year. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, so, like, you can do that with Mickey Mouse. What you can't do with Mickey Mouse, you can't use Mickey Mouse in your title. It's frowned upon. It will likely get you sued. That's because that's a trademark that Disney owns. Mm -hmm. Uh, you cannot. You can't also use Mickey Mouse in a way where people would think you're making a Disney thing. So, for example, if you made it look like a convincingly like a Disney thing, and you tried to sell that, and there was enough Disney stuff on the edges of it, and you didn't specifically say this product is not affiliated with Disney, that voids the that voids the trademark again, and you can't release that without getting in trouble from Disney. So there are boundaries about what you can and can't do with characters. Similar to what we talked about last week with Winnie the Pooh. The Winnie the Pooh with the red shirt, that's Disney's Winnie the Pooh. That's that's a different copyright. This also goes for Mickey. Fantasia Mickey from 1940. Can't use him. He's still copyright. That's copyright because he's a different character at that point. Because it's not just Steamboat Willie Mickey. Enough changes have been made by that point for them to be able to copyright that character as a certain character. That's all to say that the floodgates have opened for Steamboat Willie Mickey. Indie horror producers are wasting no time to start making their horror movies, just like what happened to Winnie. Stephen Lamort is set to direct an untitled horror comedy based on Mickey's cartoon debut. In it, a sadistic mouse will torment a group of unsuspecting fairy passengers. Lamort previously directed The Mean One, which was a horror parody of The Grinch. The announcement follows the release on Monday of a trailer for Mickey's Mousetrap, a different public domain horror comedy directed by Jamie Bailey. Other works, by the way, besides Mickey that entered the public domain today or yesterday include some works of Pablo Picasso, J.R.R. Tolkien, Hank Williams, A.A. Milne's The House of Pooh Corner, which notably introduced Tigger, so that means that version of Tigger is now in the public domain. Eric Maria remarks, All Quiet on the Western Front, which you probably had to read in high school, H.G. Wells' The Open Conspiracy, and W.E.B. Du Bois' Dark Princess, among others. So, there you go. All this to say that, <laughs> yes, you can use Mickey Mouse, yes. and yes, if used improperly, in terms of public <laughs> domain, Disney still can and will sue you. Yes, which brings back to why I said at the beginning... Hopefully, because there's a big asterisk here. Mm -hmm. There has been precedent where estates will try to sue you regardless of whether or not you are using something in the public domain. Most notably here, Arthur Conan Doyle and his estate has been extremely litigious over properties like uh, like uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes and Tarzan, uh, to the point where they've taken companies to court by trying to making make derivative works out of those, even though they're firmly in the public domain. So ultimately, at a certain point, it is up to courts often to decide these cases. Mm -hmm. Generally, they side on the on the side of public domain. So if Disney tries to take down these horror movies, for example, they can try all they want, but as long as those horror movies are careful with how they use the character and location and setting, they probably have a case and it will probably be struck down. I see on the internet always when public domain comes around, it's, hey, can Muppets adapt that into a <laughs> public domain work? And the answer is yes. Yeah. I would really much like to see All Quiet on the Muppet front. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to see that. That would be really weird. Uh, get on that. Uh, uh, is Brian Henson still alive? I think so, yeah. I think so. I don't know. Can anyway. we make uh, Lord of the Muppets? <laughs> yeah, I don't know who's Fellowship of the String? Fellowship of the <laughs> Anyway, uh, you, I want to briefly mention something you mentioned uh, before the pod, which is mm -hmm. there are some weird exceptions for UK stuff. So yes. it's often really difficult for stuff with the UK because they have some imperpetuity rights that go with theirs, which means basically until that person dies... <laughs> right, that's why it's the works of Pablo Picasso right. and J.R. Tolkien, not right. any specific works, uh, because they are part of the UK. Yeah, um, and, and don't get me wrong, EU. those two people are definitely dead, but their estates yes. have different, yeah, it's, it's complicated by UK yes. law. 
uh, because copyright and trademark law is specifically a U.S. Right. law. This is the U.S. stuff, so. Yep. Anyway, anything else to say about the public domain stuff before we move on? I mean, we can start our own public domain of Mickey Mouse. I mean, I don't know what we would do with them, honestly. I, I don't have any ideas in that, that realm. What do you mean? We are the Media Boat Podcast. He's <laughs> Steam Boat Willie. It writes itself. We're just going to put him in our logo. I don't think we can do that. Although we're not really for profit, are we? I don't know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. We're, well, we're not a non profit. We're a no profit. <laughs> it's different. Completely different. Different, different thing. <laughs> anyway, now let's move on. Lastly, on the show here, you watched a movie of sorts. Uh, you watched a concert film. Uh, I did not review. Yes. Yes. Uh, I watched Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, extended edition, mm-hmm. safe from the $20 cost of my home. Sorry, the $19.89 <laughs> cost yes. of my home. Be specific. Thank you. Be specific when talking about Taylor Swift. Yes. <laughs> um, And I will say that I, unlike people who went to the movie theater and paid the exact same amount, I got well worth my money on it. <laughs> yes. You watched it three times? Three times. <laughs> Why? Because I had it for 48 hours. Yeah, so might as well. So might as well. And if mm-hmm. I'm going to spend, well, <laughs> I'm going to spend $20 on it. I might as well watch it three times, you know. Since I didn't go to the concert three days in a row, I might as well have the concert in my home. Three days in a row. In a row, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so, watched it. My doctor watched it. Watched it um, with the sing along version. <laughs> There's a sing along version. Yeah, if you put subtitles on, it's a sing along version. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, uh, honestly, from that. I don't know why I even asked. <laughs> I think you're gonna ask though. <laughs> Um, but yeah, great concert. Um, yeah. I think it I would have been my concert of the year. My <laughs> uh, probably would end up on my film. I mean, it was number three on my list, uh, for a reason, it could have been on yours. I don't know, but what am I gonna kick off? They clone Tyrone, Ramona. <laughs> you want to go back in time and make that out of the media boat movie of the year? We can, we still have th- no, 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 Barbie. It's not better than Barbie, let's be real. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. You had your little dance party sing along yeah. three times. Yes. Um, I do like that it played hit after hit after yeah. hit. It's also, you if do. you're not a fan of one of the other eras, it more or less kind of made you want to be a fan of those eras. It's very convincing. The thing about that show is that, well, in all of her tours, is that she just pulls out all the stops for literally everything. So she makes even the songs you don't like into spectacles. And yes. it is, yeah, it can get to the point where you're like, do I actually like this song now? Like, did she convince me? I had that moment with um, one of the Reputation songs. What was it? It was, uh, I think it's like, you What ready? You Made Me Do. But yeah. What You Made Me Do has a slightly different production when she does it live. And for a moment during that, when I was in that theater, I did have a thought. I was like, is this version kind of good? Is this song Maybe. My doctor had the exact same thing because it was a live <laughs> rock band and right. she was like, wait, this sounds better live than it did it on the record. Is she going to do yeah. the same thing with the Taylor's version? Is no a live band? No. And then my answer is no because I think if she does make small cho- uh, changes, they're not going to be as drastic. I think that the reason why it sounds better is that live band. And if you take mm-hmm. that live band out of the equation, it's just not going to sound the same. I think she likes that there is a slight difference between the live versions. Yes. and recorded um in fact the next question then does she put this on streaming and does she put a soundtrack version on streaming on mm. music streaming because i feel like those are two really easy ways to get people talking about taylor swift again and does she do it before the re-release of reputation slash self-titled whichever one she does uh i mean you can't make your own playlist out of it or find someone else's <laughs> playlist out of it I mean, you could. Yes, but they're missing the crowd now. The crowd sound behind it. It's not the same. What I mean is, I I want the recording of the Eras tour. Right. The SoFi version. Right. Yeah. SoFi version. SoFi's house. She she can do it. Uh, When she'll do it is more of the question than if. It's not a when if, it's a when at this point. 
Well, it did get my doctor to listen to folklore after oh, telling her, man. one, Betty's the best song she's ever written. <laughs> and two, I don't know if that's I true. Like, I like folklore more than I like Evermore, which prompted the text messages between us. I don't know if that's true either. <laughs> well, she's going to listen through both. Right. And then she'll get her own opinion. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to Kristen's review of those 2020 and 2020 records, respectively. They came out the same year. Yes, um, they did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, almost four years later. Four I years later, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there you go. You watch the Aris Tour. It's good. I'm waiting till it's on streaming since I already saw it. Or waiting till you own it. Or yeah, if there's 4K. 4K. Buy that yes. in a second. Uh, but yeah, all right. Anything but with that, else, or can we wrap I this up? I think we can wrap this up. Yeah, I'm kind of in a holding pattern until some stuff starts hitting streaming, some awards, mm-hmm. uh, year awards, uh, bait stuff. Waiting for Killers, The Flower Moon. Um, Oppenheimer's yep. not streaming yet, is it? Nope, but that will be no. on Peacock. I thought that would hit okay. Christmas Day because I feel like that'd so be too. a great release for it, but no. yeah. So I'm waiting for that. I think Chrissy and I are planning on watching The Holdovers this week. That's on uh, Peacock. That's yeah. that Paul Giamatti uh, kids get held kids at the school Christmas. for yeah. Christmas. That's on Peacock now. Uh, so Chrissy and I are probably going to watch that before we record next week. So I will should be able to talk about The Holdovers. Okay. Because um, that might be a screenwriting nom, like at, at the least. Um, as for other stuff, I mean, as it pops up, hey, if you have tips about stuff that we should watch before... Um, before award season, please email us at mediabopodcast at gmail.com. Give us some really good tips about what we should be on the up and up about. And uh, in the meantime, here's all the other ways you can catch us. You can watch our videos. If you go to YouTube and search Media Boat Podcast, you'll find our channel. Like, subscribe, click the bell for notifications when new videos go live. You can also listen to our podcast in audio form. You can find us by searching Media Boat Podcasts on any of those audio podcast services, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can then also find us on social media platforms like the artist formerly known as Twitter, where we are at Media Boat Cast. We are also on Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast there. And we're on twitch.tv slash mediaboat, where we'll be playing video games. Check this space for uh, future video game streams. And uh, yeah, that will do. And oh yeah, mediaboatpodcast.com, our home on the web where you can read up write-ups, including the one that went up today about Pokemon Concierge, as well as an archive of our shows. And with that, that'll do it for today. That'll do it for the po- first podcast of 2024. First podcast of season, wait, where are my numbers at? Nine. 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 So, All right. Yes. Join us next week for another one. But in the meantime, enjoy your week and we'll see you next time. We'll be back with more news, more thoughts, and more of us. Okay, bye. Bye.